everyone, welcome again to the Lounge Podcast with your girl Maria. Um, today we have a sponsor. Yes, this is how we do, guys. We're getting sponsors now. <laughs> anyway, we have a sponsor. Um, today's sponsor is the Gratify app. Gratify is the latest app development transforming the beauty and wellness industry. It is designed to empower and showcase hidden talents to earn on their own terms. Service users, Gratify is the new way to look fly. And for service users, it's the new way to get noticed. On Gratify, we make personal grooming easy and readily available, giving incredible choice, both as a service user and a service provider. Our unique filters allow you to personalize every little detail, making the experience enjoyable and satisfying for you. There's currently no commission on this app, 0% commission, so Gratifyers keep everything they make and users now have the quality, affordable and convenient beauty service at their fingertips. For lack of a better analogy, we aim to be the quote-unquote Airbnb of the beauty industry. Come on this exciting journey with us, download our app today. So basically, yeah, in long story short, it is the to-go place for anyone that wants sort of health and um, hair and beauty sort of um, services. So imagine like right now, you are going to a party and your hairdresser has disappointed you and you need like you know hairdressing appointments elsewhere close by ASAP if you go on this app and you basically look for the um, the, the hairdressers that are around your location that are available you can book it there there and then it's like an uber basically for hair and beauty or if it is makeup that you need whether it's a pedicure or manicure an emergency service or probably something in their future and also as like if you're a hairstylist yourself this is an easy way to make money especially our aunties or us girls that are just doing um Oscars are just doing uh, sort of like hair services or doing nails for people that you know we know in a location but we want to make more money so if you download this app what happens is that other users could see you the way they can there's a way we can usually see people in uber and you can basically get people booking your service asap so yeah definitely download gratify app i've downloaded it myself and i'm going to use it very soon so yeah bye bye Hey guys, welcome to the Lounge Podcast with your host Maria. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And I'm a bit nervous, you know. Like I've got a special guest in the building. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad. I've got a special when I when I have special guests, yeah, I always get nervous. And when I say special guests, I mean like legit, legit special guests. And I've been looking forward to doing this episode for a hot minute still. And I was like, God, just give me the right special guest to bring into this building. <laughs> and like play, like play. Now I'm in the building with one. I'm like, gosh it's actually happening so today we have my girl roxy in the building we made it you made it girl (laughs) tell tell your mom that we're famous you're on spotify (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh it's so good to have you here babe thank you so much for inviting me oh no seriously it is like a pleasure like of all the episodes i've ever done yeah this is like one of the most special episodes and you guys will understand why it's special soon in it yeah 
So, um, yeah, first of all, you guys know where it is. Go on Spotify. If you listen to this on Spotify, oh, I can't, can I even talk? <laughs> if you listen to this on Spotify, follow me, like me, whatever it is that people do. I, I, see, I don't I don't follow the trend in it. So I don't know if people can share it. <laughs> they can share okay, it. Okay, yeah. share it. Um, yeah, definitely send it to people that you know. Um, follow my Instagram, The Lounge Podcast with two Ts. Um, and yeah, I hope this message helps people out there because this is why we're doing this. Is why we're opening Nanyash for the world, isn't it? <laughs> so that <laughs> we're opening Nanyash so people can just can be inspired, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, what about you? Can anyone follow you on Instagram or is it closed? Yeah, I mean, I have a private Instagram. I did used to have a blog, but it kind of died. Mm. Um, yeah, but my personal Instagram is Roxy R O X I E underscore Kaluba, which is K A L U B A. Um, and if you want to speak about what we've discussed, then mm. yeah, reach cool. out. Kaluba, where is that? Where's that from? Um, it's from my husband's surname, but he's Zambian. Zambia. Mm-hmm. You don't meet many Zambians. I'm telling you, because like he's legit the only Zambian I knew. <laughs> you don't meet many Zambians. And where are you from? I'm from Zimbabwe. Zim. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. So you're so Zim. I, I've been to Zim. Like cousins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zambia, you don't meet many Zambia. Have you been to Zambia before? No, I haven't. Oh, I haven't. Wow. We're trying to go, but now we got the kids, man. The queen. I know. Okay, I, I ain't got that kind of money. It's crazy it's how weird. expensive going to Africa is. Seriously. Yeah, you're cheap. It's cheaper going to the US. Cheaper going to anywhere. I'm but telling you, Africa. Like I think me and Lewis have been looking to go to Nigeria and mm-hmm. take the kids for like probably that like, for four years straight. And every time we plan it, we plan it for ages. Yeah. And then the time comes to book the ticket, we see the price. I'm like, you know what? So Maybe next peak. year. It's so peak. Mm, mm. So hard. So yeah. yeah. Pray for us, man. One of these days, man. One Pray of these days. Pockets. But um, anyway, yeah. So today we are going to be talking about something um, uh, very close to my heart. Actually, mm-hmm. is taking the, the grace of God. Yeah, <laughs> the grace of God. Some a lot of Coca Cola. Cause I don't drink anymore, guys. Cause yeah, alcohol gave me palpitations. So let me just put the alcohol to the one side. But it's a lot of Coca Cola, a lot of sugar rush. I meant to be on keto diet, yeah. Mm. But I was like, yeah, I need some sugar and carbohydrates for this meal. <laughs> For this episode, oh, for this episode, I need some, I need some carbohydrates. So I had some, some good carbs this morning. So I'm fully prepared for this. But mm-hmm. we're basically going to talk about um, like uh, special needs and autism and all that sort of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, those of you that follow me on Instagram, my personal Instagram, not my my podcast Instagram, because yeah, we don't talk about stuff like that on my podcast <laughs> Instagram. Um, you guys will know that I have a son, my youngest, that was recently sort of like. Un- unofficially diagnosed with autism, right? So we're still waiting for like the the paper mm. diagnosis and stuff mm. like that. And it's been it's been a journey, you know. It's been a hot journey, and um, I believe you're going through sort of the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So my daughter mm. Imani, who is my oldest, um, she has a speech and language delay. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I don't know how much people know about special needs, but oftentimes mm. language delays and autism manifest themselves very yeah. similarly, mm. which is why a lot of the same therapies will be advised for mm. a child who's autistic and a child who has... Um, so what's the difference then? So it's so hard to like give a blanket... Yeah. Dif- uh, difference because obviously you know autism manifests itself in so many. many different ways yeah, yeah, yeah. you might have oh i hate this term but high functioning autism where yeah. the child doesn't have issues with speech um and they can do like really complex things like yeah. they're very methodical in how they learn yeah um and then you have um children who have a- autism who are non-verbal and struggle in so- social situations yeah um but my daughter imani is literally just her sp- uh, speech her verbal speech mm. that is delayed mm. um as far 
far as how it affects her socially, she's completely like she will play with other kids. Mm. I mean, how other kids receive her is another thing entirely. Mm. But generally, it doesn't hamper her mm. um, really in how she interacts with other children. Um, it's just her ability to understand mm. and her ability to communicate orally is mm. what is delayed at the moment. That is really interesting. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. So I'll start with my journey. Yeah, please. First. Um, so we had Louis was Louis is the youngest, Louis Jr. Mm-hmm. He's the youngest, right? And um everything was fine. Birth was relatively okay. Um we had to go on antibiotics when he was first born because of a risk of some sort of infection, mm. which is very I'll come to that antibiotic thing I was later. Gonna say, cause my daughter went on antibiotics yeah. as well. I'll come so on, this is interesting. Yeah, I'll come to the antibiotic thing soon. Um so but apart from that, everything was pretty much fine. And then we just realized that um by the time you got to two like basically he didn't start talking and um my firstborn Beatrice she is a mad she can she can talk for Africa like I'm pretty <laughs> sure she's either going to be a politician or go into like journalism because she wow. talks for like the world really really smart girl very sharp very like people always ask me if she goes to private school she doesn't she just talks and watches a lot of adult news and stuff like that so I realized that Louis Jr. wasn't talking and um at the time I was a nurse and see God works in weird ways because I was trying to leave nursing and go into like corporate IT world, which is what I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. So what I did, I left clinical nursing and I went to work with um Department of Work and Pensions, DWP, where I got to assess um young adults that came in to apply for um, disability allowance and stuff like that. And I got loads of like um young adults, teenage autistic children, like not children, autistic teenagers, mm-hmm. autistic um, adults, ADHD, Asperger's, all that sort of stuff. And that was when I was first sort of exposed. Mm-hmm. And then when I had to sort of read through like their care plan and see like the journey, I just kept seeing speech delayed. They didn't start talking to the five. And I remember thinking, my kid is two and he ain't talking like, should I be worried about it sort mm-hmm. of thing? Um, but I think a lot of people in like my, um, my community, like church, Nigerians, whatever, I just kept getting told, oh, rejected. Don't don't talk about all this stuff. You know, he's a yes. boy. Boys are still talkers. I got told a lot of times that I'm being pessimistic, that I should just go ahead and, you know, um, give him time. Don't start declaring sickness on his life. All these sort, mm-hmm. sort of things. And I didn't want to, like, I was scared of doing that at the same time, right? Yeah. Um, but then I think I kept realizing just little, little things, like everything else was fine. Development-wise, it was okay. But um, the speech was what he wasn't them developing in at all mm-hmm. just not even babbling sort of thing okay. and little things like he wouldn't point he gave eye contact when he wanted to but not a lot and um when he started getting older i realized that he would instead of t- pointing to something he would literally take me there okay. and throw my hands towards i don't know the, the chocolate bar or whatever and mm-hmm. all this sort of different different signs long story short two years old two and a half i took him to my gp um and i basically told him yo i think so something wrong with him. I didn't want to say autism because I didn't want him to jump on the autistic yeah. bandwagon. 100%. So I, I was, I know it sounds so bad, but I was hoping that he was deaf. I know it sounds so bad. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> no, because when they correct the hearing... Yeah, they'll be fine. I know. Quick. I was like, check hearing test, right? And then, but then NHS was long. Hmm. Sis, NHS was so long and, um, you know, thank God we were able to afford to do private hearing tests. And I was just like, I know it sounds so bad. Like, God, let it just be hearing so yeah. that we can just fix it. My guy passed herring straight. Herring test, he passed out by flying colours, everything. And I should have been happy, but I was like, okay, if it's not herring, what is it? Do you know what I mean? Checked under his tongue. We had a tongue tie, no tongue tie. Everything was fine. And then I was like, okay, what's going on? And then that's when um, the the private doctors and stuff began throwing words like global delay and autism. Mm. 
and you know it's weird as they, as they said it yeah they were they didn't they didn't want to say that that's what it was but they just kept sort of mentioning it out there and then mm-hmm. speech delay development and then we were just sort of waiting to see what would happen and i think we were moving homes at the time okay. from where we were living so there was like a good six months where we didn't do anything much we just sort of thought give him some time maybe he'll mm-hmm. grow because he's still young he now turns three we've moved to a new house and this guy is still not talking and stuff mm-hmm. like that and um it begins worrying my husband a lot it's worrying my, my daughter a lot and it's sort of worrying me quite a bit i'm thinking oh my god and then again i think we finally got like an nhs um because the thing is that if you want to get a diagnosis of autism and you want to get like a um educational care plan in place yeah. it has to be done by nhs they yeah. don't take private things oh, i'm a girl listen the, the, the system is so rigged i don't even know how it works listen. anymore so um after like a year and a half of like pushing and waiting for the NHS diagnosis, um, we now, well, I now got told by December that, yeah, we think he has autism. And I think it's so weird because part of me is happy yeah. that finally I know what this means. I feel like my listeners are like, whoa, like we just started this podcast. We just went straight to the deep end. I know, for real. <laughs> No, but I've been so eager to hear your story yeah. because I think we connected because we both felt like the same so, so, so sad about everything. Yeah. But I've never actually heard your, de- your yeah. story. So um, when they told me that the doctor, she, she was like, yeah, because they, 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 they took him to some place, let him play around with some mm-hmm. stuff, all this assessment that they do. And um, and the nursery he was in at the time, they were so useless. Like they didn't, they didn't do nothing. Like I will come and pick up my son and he'll literally be in the corner playing by himself and they were like, he's been there like the whole day. And like... Why do you not? Why do you just leave him there? And you can tell that they were sort of sidelining him a little bit. Like mm. some nurses don't like the hassle of dealing with a child with special needs, 100%. so I had to remove him. And I thought I'm removing him, I'm bringing him back home. And I want to look after him. I left. I stopped working for like a good six months just to look after him and YouTube, you know, language and speech yeah. therapy stuff. Mm-hmm. And then December, I got told that yeah, um, they think he's got autism. And in one hand, as I said, I was sort of happy that okay, we, we know kind of what it is, what we're going to do now. But on the other hand, I was like, what the fuck does this mean? Sorry for swearing, but I was like, what does that mean for him when he's 12, when he's yeah. 18, when he's 21? Because when you YouTube autism, all you see is like, I know it sounds so bad, but like a, a child that remains a child for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. And it's scary. It's so scary. Like when you go on YouTube, you see, you know, grown adults wearing nappies and, and, it's, and it's, I know it sounds really, really like, like sad or whatever. But I remember thinking to myself, like, is he ever going to have a girlfriend? Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. Is he ever going to have a girlfriend? Is he ever going to go to normal school? Is he ever going to have? Is he ever going to have a career? Like, you know, you have all these dreams for your kids, yeah. and suddenly all your dreams is like, I don't know what to do. And um, during that period of December, November, when we got the diagnosis, at the same time, um, I was having my own health issues as well. I had headaches. And they basically thought I had a brain tumour. Oh, Listen, sis. Oh, God. Ah, when I think of what God has done for me, I just have to thank him, honestly. Because so, so, listen, the whole stress. So, they, they, they were thinking I had, like, a brain tumour and stuff. And um, because I had, like, an enlarged optic nerve, I had had MRIs. So, for, like, a good... And this is, like, during Christmas period. So, like, for a good, like, three to four weeks, um, I was under the impression that I had a brain tumor. So I'm thinking, oh, if I now die, who's going to look after my kids? Who's going to look after my son that has autism? Mm-hmm. So all this sort of stuff. But then, anyway, let me backtrack a little. Let me backtrack. So prior to the diagnosis, right, mm-hmm. that whole um, year or a few months prior, my entire 
persona just became so depressed and I was really down. It's like, my son doesn't say mummy. Um, one of my closest friends, one of my best friends, she had her son like a week after my son. We were pregnant together. So we're like pregnant buddies. I've known her since uni. We were pregnant buddies. Do you know what I mean? So you have that constant We had that, yeah. So literally when I had my baby, a week later she had her baby and her kid is talking and everything. And, I, and it's like, and it's like, and it's so bad. That whole year, I just, I stopped talking to her. I stopped talking to all my friends. I had to withdraw because even like, even friends that I had, that had kids like way later, the kids were now talking. And just this, the constant reminder that um, my kid, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say my kid ain't normal, but my kid ain't normal. Do you know, like it's just, oh gosh. And I, I just withdrew and I went really, really, really depressed and I didn't talk to nobody. And in COVID lockdown did not help at all. And um, yeah, it's just, just, it's weird because in one hand I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. I know it sounds so yeah. bad. No, like, I know what you mean. Ah, I was like, one hand, I was like, this is not what I signed up for. Like, God, like, I was really angry. I was like, God, why did you do this? Like, I just wanted, I, I didn't ask for much. Just give me a normal kid, right? Like, just a kid that can talk, that will say mommy, that will say daddy. Even if you have a few special needs here and there, like, let me be able to understand you because Louis sometimes, like, especially then, when we, did, when we didn't know how to communicate with him, he'll get so frustrated, he'll be hitting, he'll be biting, all these little different mm. things. And, um, and, yeah, fast forward it now to when we got the diagnosis of autism and I had this health scare as well, thinking I got a brain tumour. Um, it was so weird because I think at that time, I kind of just sort of gave up and I just like, God, you know what, yeah? This is you in it. Like, God, you either sort this out or help me one way or the other mm -hmm. because I can't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. And for the, the year prior, I had been carrying this responsibility of, I need to get him speech therapy. I've been fighting. I was like, I gave up at NHS. I had to like make money. Like one of the reasons why one of the reasons why I left nursing is so I can get a better job in corporate and have that money to support my husband and get him private health and private healthcare insurance. Get him the speech therapy, occupational health, and these things are a lot of money. Hmm. Private private speech therapy is like a hundred pounds a session. Mm -hmm. And you need to have regular ones, yeah. right? You need to have like at least at least twice a month. 100%. And that is like, and occupation is like a hundred pounds a session. And it's like, oh boy. The whole thing is, it, it, I, I can sum it up now, but it's a very, very long like journey. Mm. And I think what happened is um, when those few weeks where I thought I was going to basically die, I had to, um, I just told God like, God, you just have to help me with this. I can't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. I can't be their parents on my own. Um, if you gave me this cross, you know why you gave me this cross. Mm. And it's having, changing my mindset, right? To, um, whole oh yeah, God, heal my son, 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 let him talk, let him talk, let him talk. To a mindset of, God, heal my son, but if you, do, if you decide not to heal him, help me to be the mother that he needs. Hmm. Preach. And sis, that, Preach. that transition, That's right? Hmm. <laughs> that it's transition is the hardest thing. Of like, not not saying, because I didn't want to like, I, I'm not limiting God, because God can heal anybody. God can touch anybody and heal anybody. But then I don't, I can't, I remember like looking at the, reading the Bible and stuff and then, because nothing is going to send you to God more than thinking you're going to die from from brain tumour. It's like, Lord, let's get, like, let's get acquainted before I spend all my let's time Let's get you. serious about this. <laughs> I was like, so I'm, I remember reading the Bible and I remember clocking like, you know, with all the miracles that like, you know, Moses did. God never ever took away his speech impediment. God gave him Aaron. Yeah. You know what I mean, all the miracles, yeah. my guys, you know, turned the water into blood and, you know, split the Red Sea in half. God never actually healed him from 
his speech impediment, that was still there. But God gave him Aaron to help him to speak for him. So that, that made me realize like there's some miracles, there's some things that God will heal you from. And then some things that God will let you, that God will keep it as a thorn to your flesh. And he will give you the right um, resources, the right people to assist you. And the, the final thing, the final outcome will be, he will be glorified. God will be glorified despite your speech impediment. 100%. Preach. Despite your speech impediment, girl, listen. Um, I had to preach it myself, you know. And the thing is, um, like nobody gets. Only you and your husband really understand it. Understand the hustle. Understand the struggle of like if, um, with autism. You get a lot of um sleep, sleep um problems. Like Louis does not sleep. Like he sleeps a bit better now, really? but then oh girl, sometimes we'd be lucky to have like two hours sleep. Uh, Louis uh, does uh. not sleep. Girl. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. Yeah, he doesn't sleep. Um, yeah, he doesn't sleep. He gets he can get frustrated. Um, potty training is hard because oh my days don't. Girl, and obviously because of the sensory issues, they would they will put their hand in the dirty pooey mm-hmm. nappy and then they will use the whole poo and smear it in your entire white walls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now that you own your own home, you can't be living that life. Ah, you can't be living <laughs> that life. Like we have we have cream carpets and cream walls. I was like, babe, I told I was like, babe. We need to think of getting wooden floorboards because this cream carpet is now brown carpets. I'm not even joking. I switched my carpet to wooden floor mm. after I put train both girls. I said, I can't. Like, Yeah, ugh. it's long. It's, it's a lot. But um, yeah, so that's where we are right now. I think where I am right now, I think um, a big part was accepting the fact that um, that God was in control of this whole thing and not me. Because mm-hmm. I think being the eldest child and... Um, just being a mum in general, you know, you have this micromanagey, like, I have mm-hmm. to make this right. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, if things don't go right, I've done something wrong mm-hmm. sort of thing. And just sort of like, like God, yeah. Because obviously in the end, obviously it wasn't a brain tumour. Thank God. It was just yeah. me having to lose weight. Hence why I'm on the keto diet now. Okay. So thank God it was just a losing weight situation and not a brain tumour situation. But um, that second chance of life, the way I see it, I was like, God, you know what, yeah? You have full control of this entire puzzle and I can't see the future. And yeah, I don't know... I don't know um, how things is going to be for Louis in the future. I don't know if he's going to... People say that they turn four and they start talking just like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, people say, does just start talking? And then some people say, no, nah, he never learns to talk or whatever the situation may or may not be. But I am going to stop thinking about the future and just try and think about now. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's one of those things that is a lot easier said than done. Because as a mom, all you do, everything you do around your kids is preparation for their future, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm just trying to embrace his now and just move that way and just like l- rely on God. And t- sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes, well, sometimes, at least twice a week, I cry in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least twice a week, I cry, especially now when um he's in a new nursery now, like a specialist nursery. Okay. And now we're talking about about um educational care plans and going to school, school mainstream specialists and all of that stuff, girl. Whew, just tearing it sometimes is very exhausting. Yeah, no, listen, it's very exhausting. I know, it, I know it so well. Mm. So, so tell much. me about you. So I've I've been there babbling. Oh, no, thank you. I was getting a bit teary eyed as I was listening girl, to you because it's yeah. so hard. Mm, it um, is. And there are a lot of similarities between Louis' story and my daughter's story, Imani. Yeah. Okay, so similarly to you, I would say around... I I even remember the place where I was, where I first voiced it to friends that I think something's wrong with Imani's speech. Mm. She was 18 months or like 20 months maybe between that. And um, we were at a play date in Hackney and I just said to them, look guys, 
she's not talking mm. like her friends and she had a handful of words she did say mom dad hi bye mm. but she didn't say much else yeah yeah and she relied heavily on babbling pointing yeah. gestures more than um like um words and yeah. so I was just kind of like, uh, you know, people say the same stuff. Oh, she's just so young. Give her yeah. time, blah, blah, blah. But I think as their moms, you ju- you just know. Stuff is wrong. You yeah. do know it. Yeah. And um, so around that time, I was heavily pregnant as well with my second born, Zuri. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. What's his name, Zuri? Zuri, her that's name. That's a beautiful yeah. name. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not having any more kids. But yeah, <laughs> that's down. a roof. You calm down. I ain't having no more kids. Maybe get a goldfish and name the goldfish, <laughs> Zuri. <laughs> That's the way forward. Just get a pet. Listen, don't kill yourself. So, um, yeah, I was heavily pregnant. So I was kind of like, I had it in my mind, but I knew that I was in in a place to kind of deal with it, the logistics of it at the mo at that time, as well because my pregnancy was so difficult. I was so unwell with my mm. pregnancy. So I just kind of felt like, okay, Roxy, just give birth to this baby, then, yeah. and then mm. you know, and then in that time you can give Imani time as yeah. well and see. Um, and around the time I just gave birth, she had her two year review. So I mm. thought, okay, this is a perfect opportunity for me it. to bring up my concerns because of, of course in the two year review, a lot of what they ask you is about what they can say, mm. how many words, if they can speak a sentence. And obviously at the time Imani probably had about 10 words. Mm. So I mentioned it and they did say, you know, yeah, um, she does, she does appear to have a speech delay mm. and they asked us what we wanted to do going forward. If we wanted to be referred mm. to, um, get speech therapy on or to wait. Mm. And I just thought, okay, let's do the referral now because who knows how long that will take. Absolutely. Sometimes it takes ages. So I thought, okay, at least it will take six months. If the referral comes and Imani has like progressed and I yeah. see progression, then I'll say, okay, no, let's just give her a bit more time. Yeah. If I don't, then we'll go ahead with the speech therapy. I think about five months later, um, the referral came, she hadn't really progressed. So we, we started speech therapy and, oh man, the experience of speech therapy on the NHS has been grueling. It's it has been, been bad, yeah. so bad, like yeah. so, so bad. And to be honest, like this isn't even me bashing them because I know that they're massively understaffed yeah. and underfunded, Absolutely. which is at the, the heart of all of the issues you find. Mm. But I think also some people have had really positive experiences and mm. some people have, like for myself, it was awful. Mm. So we started with them and it seemed to be going well. Obviously, at the time, I was just completely devastated, blamed myself because I was so sick in my pregnancy. And yeah. honestly, like CBB's raised in money for nine months. Like I didn't do anything with her, mm. couldn't really take her anywhere because I was that unwell. Yeah, yeah. And I just blamed myself. I said, oh, I shouldn't have had a second child too, like, yeah, so yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have like done this. It's my fault. It's mm. my fault. What have I done wrong? Um, and so I was like working through that as I was beginning speech therapy. I was hanging on to the every word of the speech therapists. And sometimes they just don't know. Like they don't see your child enough yes. to make conclusive pronouncements over them. At least you got face to face. Mine was over Skype or something yeah, like that. Like yeah. how, how are you going to do speech therapy with a child that's potentially autistic over Zoom? Uh, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's futile. It's just a silly, mm. silly like attempt to try and deal with them. And obviously the assessment is only one hour. It's like, you've never met my child before. Yeah. you're basing you're making diet like pronouncements over them based on one hour you spend with them and they don't know you yeah. so of course they're gonna act differently yeah in you know in that space but anyway we had the assessments and then 
Oh, I think if I can count on Imani's four now, she's going to be five at the end of the year. I can probably say we've probably met up with a speech therapist five times. That's better than me. For two years. And um, it's been really, really bad. So they said, oh, you know, send her to nursery. Being around other kids will completely Mm. transform her, her, her speech. And to be honest, I had very strong convictions about not sending my child outside of my home until they could communicate with me Mm. just in case anything went on. Yes, yes, And um, yes. Do you know what? I went against it because I just didn't trust my own instinct at yeah, the time. Yeah. Um, I sent her to nursery. Um, it didn't help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I knew it wouldn't because she was around kids. We were doing play dates all the time mm. after I had my second born. Mm. Like we were at people's houses like every day of the week. Yeah. She was around other kids at our church. Mm. There are a lot of other ki- children her age. So it wasn't a social issue. And yeah. Imani didn't have any social issues mm. in terms of like how she interacted. Oh, she would play with kids. Yeah, yeah, she bit. played and she mm. interacted even though she couldn't talk. And so um, it didn't it didn't fix the situation. It didn't help her progress. And the nursery, you know, mm. <laughs> they, um, they did, you know, her key worker was a Senko, which I was really relieved at. And she mm. didn't seem too um, bothered by... Um, Imani's needs like helping Imani with her needs but when Imani joined the nursery um like yeah it was just kind of like they weren't really taking initiative also the speech therapy in Bexley they weren't sending Imani's care plan I think they only got Imani's care plan when she was like almost four or had just turned four wow so that's how long they took but I don't know I wanted the the key worker to kind of do more to take their initiative and like implement things that they thought that would be helpful Helpful, for Imani and I didn't really see as much of that as I would have liked Mm -hmm. also there were a few like incidences with just general care of Imani anyway like there was a boy hitting her over the head and like the way they told me I picked Imani up and I was like Imani what's wrong and and the teacher went to me oh it's probably because there's a boy hitting her over the head has she told you wait what and I was literally like how are you asking me if my daughter has told me when you know that she has a speech delay exactly what a foolish question I literally was like lord I'm trying to live a holy life but these people are gonna make me pop off like (laughs) I'm about to while out like are you crazy and then there was like loads of other things like uh yeah I'm not gonna go into it too much but there were a few other things like just general like hygiene issues as well yeah 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 I went through that with the first nursery (sighs) like literally I would pick up my son yeah and his nappy has been dirty the whole day sis like I'm not even joking like I had to take him money to the hospital because she had an infection because they weren't wiping her like just really bad things so I pulled her out of there and I put that makes me sad you know it makes me sad because it's like these children can't defend themselves Mm -hmm. And they know it, yeah. and so they, they they know they will get away with that kind of neglect. Yeah, you know? yeah, and it's really mm. it's really bad. It, and to be honest, I feel like some of it is just an oversight. They are an independent nursery, so I feel like they needed tighter constraints on certain things, and they needed to just have a more detailed. This is what our policy is: we don't wipe the children when they go to the toilet. Is that something you're okay with? More of a conversation with the parent, but mm. there just wasn't really room for that. And I think obviously mm. COVID had an impact on that as yeah. well. Um, so yeah, there were just so many things, even the interaction with speech therapy and that nursery was really poor. They were basically trying to tell them that I wasn't turning up for sessions and, um, basically uh, that I was about to be discharged because I didn't turn away up for a session. Although the story is that the speech therapy people turned me away because I couldn't get childcare for my second born because Mm. we don't have family in the area. So they refused to let us into sessions. It was just so like, just rubbish just rubbish yeah. <laughs> um and then i think at this point i was just like covid came and i was just like okay you know what 
Lord, no more speech therapy, no more preschool. Mm. I just have to do what I know is best for Imani. I need to research. And I did. And she made most of her progress in lockdown than she wow. has in a year and a half prior to wow. with all of the therapy. Like we were doing stuff every day and her speech just shot up. Girl, I follow you on Instagram a lot. You inspired me to get bucket time toys <laughs> and all that. I was like, I looked at you. I remember, it's so funny. I looked at your Instagram. I remember showing my husband, I was like, listen, we need to do better. <laughs> we need to do better. Like, literally, I followed you. Like, my friend, my friend Shay, she was, mm. I was crying to her. I was telling her what's going on. She's like, oh, have you followed this girl called Roxy? Yeah, yeah. Her kid's going through the same thing and she homeschools her kids. I like, all right, cool. Give me your Instagram account. <laughs> oh my gosh. I went on your Instagram account. I saw all the things you were doing. I was like, nah, yeah, that, I can get that from eBay. I can get that from I Amazon. No, nah, but the thing is that homeschooling is hard. You make it look so easy. Ah! I'm dying on the line. Please. You make it look so easy. It's hard. It is hard. But sis, I think our situations are different. Remember, you have a career and you work. I don't work. Mm. And I think that's one thing, like a lot of the people that are like, oh, I need to do better. They're doing full-time job as well as, Mm. you know, and I'm like, remember, I work part-time on the weekend. Yeah. Like, and before it was one day. Now it's two days, but it's like checking in every now and then. It's not really like excessive work. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I couldn't yeah. work and homeschool. Like yeah, there's yeah. just no, for me personally, mums mm. do do it, but for me, I couldn't it's do that. It's, it's too much. Mm. And so she made most of her progress in that lockdown and I was just blown away. And honestly, I feel like it was almost like the Lord affirming me, like, bun, like almost like bun them. Like yeah. you don't need them. They're mm. not like, they are not the experts on Imani. That's like it. you are. Yeah. And it just gave me confidence. And from there, it was just kind of like, you know, obviously I still wanted her to keep the therapy because I was just like, if any little thing helps her, mm. I will I will suffer with it. Yeah. You know, for the mm. sake of her. And so, so she doesn't go nursery no more. So <laughs> so basically from there, after COVID, she went back to that nursery, but then I pulled her out and moved her to the nursery school of the primary school we were considering for her. Okay. And this school was like a specialist school. They had a deaf unit and they were like really big on teaching sign language across mm. the whole school so that all the kids could communicate with mm. the deaf children and yeah. like really big on just early intervention as far as speech and language goes. So on paper, it just seemed like Perfect. the most amazing school. I was mm. like, if Imani's going to go to school, this is where she was going to go. And I was still kind of going between, mm, should I homeschool? Does she learn better at home? Because mm. everything had shown me that she does. She mm. progresses better at home rather than in a school setting. Mm. But I was still not all the way confident. Like mm. it was like, okay, my eyes are open now, but it was still kind of like, no, we're still going to try with the school thing. Mm-hmm. And so we did. And all my days, like <laughs> it was going okay. And then I think come the t- the first term, the end of the first term, I was kind of waiting to see how they would report on Imani. Mm. Um, prior to her starting, we had an extensive meeting. I filled in forms about where she was w- in terms of her speech development and her areas of struggle, mm. which at the time were like, she really struggled with comprehension, even though it had improved drastically through doing sign language with her. Mm. She still struggled to like, especially questions like open questions or yeah, like how are you or what's your name or like mm. just basic questions she just didn't understand mm. she could only really understand yes and no questions and only if you gave her an option and oh. even then it was a bit of a struggle for her do you guys use um that pack system oh, thing? like the pick boards pick, yeah, yeah yeah do you know what no we don't mm. um but now um she does understand questions a lot better mm. because we, like, we just did it um through like modeling okay. with her okay. so like oh mummy feels really happy today it 
Armani, how do you feel? Okay. Do you feel happy or sad? And then she like built up. Oh, so when mommy asked me how I feel today, it's like I have to tell her whether I'm happy, sad, mm. angry. Like you an know. option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So she now she if I say to her, how do you feel today? She'll say, I'm happy, mommy. Like she can say what it is. That's amazing. I know. She's come a long way. She has. She's still got a long way to go, mm. but she has come leaps and bounds. That's amazing. Wow. And um, yeah, so after the first term at this new school that we were trying out, um, the, the nursery teacher sent me a report on Imani, which was bogus. It was just completely negative. Imani struggles to do this. Imani can't do this. Imani doesn't listen to nursery rules. Mm. Imani doesn't do this. And I was like, what? Imani, like she is the most compliant child. Mm. <laughs> like she listens to everything mm -hmm. that everyone does, even more so than out of the home. But mm. in the home, she's very, she's a very compliant child. Mm. So I was like, what is going on here? Like, mm. and it wasn't like in a constructive way. They just were just kind of trashing her yeah. a little bit. Mm. So I reached out to two moms that had kids in the same nursery class and mm. I spoke to them about it. And I said, I'm, I've got some concerns. Like, are you willing to share your, your children's report with me so that I can compare them? And they were very open. Thank, like, I'm so happy happy that I were able to speak to them and they one of the mums sent me her son's report and yeah. it was all positive mm. so now I'm thinking okay are you like are you labeling my child negatively why is her report only negative mm. and this child's report is positive and then on top of that we're a like the few black the few black families in a predominantly white area mm. those two children's reports were positive and they're white and my mm. daughter's black. Is that playing a factor here? Yeah. You know, there's so many things going on in my head. And I just, I think at that point, we spoke to the teacher. She tried to come up with excuses that weren't really answering the questions of like, why on earth are you composing your report in this fashion? Mm. And then just like, yeah, she was sending work through to complete during the next lockdown in 2021 at the beginning of the year. And she just gave me attitude like, Every time I asked her for a question, it was an inconvenience. She told me, I've already given you half an hour of my time when you should have got 10 minutes. That's what oh, she wow. actually said to me. And I think at that point, wow. I just grew tired, sis. Like I was just like, it was more energy advocating for her at mm. these schools than it was to homeschool her myself. Yeah. And it was just too much anxiety. And so I'm fighting these people and I'm sending my daughter there and I don't trust them. Yeah. And it's like, is it going to impact the way that they're treating her? Yeah. And I'm not going to undo all of these years of trauma if yeah. she does experience horrible things at school. Especially when she can't express yeah, herself. Yeah, exactly. And it mm. was kind of like, you know, we had made hard and fast rules. Like if come September, she can't talk, we're not sending her out of the home seven hours a day. Mm. Like in my heart, it was just like not. And because it was a mainstream school, I think if it was a specialist school, it's a different thing. Also, also, okay, so the... It was a mainstream school that had, had a deaf, yeah, like a, like a, a unit. A unit, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. okay. And someone did warn me that a lot of these schools, they just do that for kind of like extra funding. For funding, and yeah, they don't absolutely. have they don't have Te the training. I've heard that as well. Mm -hmm. I've heard that as well. And so, but it's so hard because it was kind of like Imani's needs weren't, like they're not that, they're not that severe. severe to go to, to specialist go to speci school. No one ever recommended that. Mm. But she did need the extra support in a mainstream school. Mm. And to be honest, we just decided I did this like enough was enough like mm. after speaking to a friend she said Roxy you need to draw the line somewhere when is enough gonna be enough because it's ruining you and it was like there when I remember one time I cried and I was like to my husband we've dealt with this for two years like I'm gonna 
it's going to destroy me if I have to deal with this for another two years. Yeah. Like that, the thought of having to go through it another day. That advocacy, oh, that fight. It is so, and it's not meant to be like, this is the people yeah. that are meant to be supporting the ex, mm. the experts, quote unquote, yeah. that are meant to be helping you and you're fighting them yeah. to get the support that your children need. And it's just, it just became too much. I hear you. Um, and I think the turning point for me was that, like mm. I was just like enough. And I think another turning point was um, doing a course with a private speech therapist. Mm. It was a 10 week boot camp, and she just changed. My, like I cannot recommend her enough, Joanne Jones. If anyone is having problems with their is child, she on YouTube? she's on YouTube and she's also. But most of her interactions are on Facebook. Okay. And she is phenomenal. 25 years experience. She did used to work in um, the NHS. She okay. also had her own um, preschool. You, she, you're going to send me the name. Yeah, sorry. I'll send you the name so yeah. you can link it if you need to. Mm. But she is phenomenal and she changed my life. Like her course changed my life. She showed me that, you know, sometimes we hang on and we're looking so desperately for the extra words and for the speech to improve. But things like you were mentioning, like, you know, eye contact mm. and the foundational things before the speech comes yeah. needs to be in place. Yeah. And she showed me that, you know, progress looks like Imani being imaginative in her play and mm. building a tower using a brick. Yeah. bricks to build a tower and calling it a castle yeah. that that's progress that's real progress and yeah. like you know and she just showed me and so like it helped me to enjoy Imani the way she is okay the mm. words might not be coming but oh my days look at her like she knows all her phonics sounds she knows numbers she her imagine imaginative play is growing you know mm. her interaction she's more confident mm. when she's interacting mm. with her peers like it helped me to celebrate all of the mm. wins and not just yearn for the words, words. so much oh, and you, dude, that yearning for the words is a thing so oh. Gosh. Like it's so funny. It's only to interrupt yeah, me, no, but it's please. so it's so funny that you say that because um, I yearned for the words for the ho whole year, like, mm -hmm. and I didn't get a single word. And then, but then he would. But then with that said, Louis can say his A B's to Z, right? He says the entire yeah. A B C. He say, he sees colors. He will say the colors. So all this time I'm thinking he's completely nonverbal. But he's actually saying stuff. Yeah. But he's just not saying what I want him it's to not say. Conversational. It's not conversational. Like he was seeing he was seeing an orange and he was calling an orange. He was seeing an apple and he was calling an apple. You know. Yeah. So like and there's like small progress and prior before like socially mm -hmm. he would be that kid as i said in the corner of the room playing the same train mm -hmm. like for for seven hours mm -hmm. and he won't even if i call him he won't even notice i'm even there and that used to really be a thing yeah. that used to hurt me mm -hmm. and used to hurt my husband a lot oh boy <laughs> i think because um he's our first son and our only son yeah. and we had all these plans we still have all these plans for him but we name him after my husband Lewis Jr yeah. and you know in like Africa like your first son and everything and he wouldn't even look at my husband and I think my husband that disconnect really mm. impacted my husband because um my husband was what like he wasn't really he was the only child for his to his mom and his dad anyway mm. and um he's always dreamed of having a son and just all that love just yeah, to give and -me. yeah and the the inability to connect it uh, it, it really hurt it, it, it still hurts him it still hurts him a lot and um but then over time like over the i think during lockdown as well to mm -hmm. be honest with you when we've all been together as a family we all work from home we go all oh, these walks that we do all the time and yeah. my husband is really my husband is oh, my husband is amazing honestly yeah. i could talk about him forever but he's really like pulled like push himself to just do things that he would not usually do that like he'd go to the park with him and play with him and yeah. talk to him 
and now the eye contact between both of them is so there like the connection yeah. is so there and just little things like that sort of progress is there because he, louis is interacting a lot with my husband a lot which is he interacts with me well like yeah. he, he gives me hugs all the time yeah. but now he's doing it with somebody else as well mm. now he's back in nursery um, he does that with friends. Like he, he doesn't. He will play on his own. If he sees that other kids are playing together, after a while, you actually go and join them, and that progression, like to other people, is like yeah, so what? Like your kids yeah. play, like but to us, it's like oh my god, he actually everything. went to play with other kids, and um, <clears throat> that that thing of looking for progress and not perfection, yeah, is is a lot. It's it's a lot. But yeah, continue. Sorry. No, no, I hundred percent agree with you, and I think that's like one of the um when we were weighing up whether to homeschool or not. I yeah. think that was the main thing of like my friend was telling me because she homeschools three special needs kids, two autistic daughters and one son who has severe really? needs. Yeah, and she's got five kids, all adopted. She's like, what? A, like Seriously? What kind of human is this? <laughs> she, she adopted them by choice. Yeah. Oh, she's a them. saint. Two she's sets a of real twi- saint. twins and then a son. Wow. Yeah, she's phenomenal. And she said to me like, you know, my son, some in some areas, he's really great in maths, she yeah. was saying. And then in some areas, he's still doing reception work and mm. he's 10. Oh, wow. And she was just like, you know, we look for progress and we just work towards progress, yeah. not at anybody else's pace. And I think that was like at the heart of my anguish with speech therapy. It's like, oh, this is the box. This is the mold. Yeah. This is what they need to fit into. And if they don't, there's something wrong with them. Yeah. And like yeah in in the the last school that we tried it was kind of like you know even when they had a specialist provision it was like they were expecting Imani to fit the mold and they weren't adjusting yeah. and it was like and it's different for but everyone. you're meant to be a school that caters to kids who have uh, different abilities yes and you're telling me that i'm it's like i'm asking you for an organ when i'm asking you to do your job change your approach mm, maybe mm-hmm. rather than tell me that my daughter doesn't have has issues with concentration or rather than tell me that she doesn't follow nursery rules Oh, there's just so many things I could say about there's that. There's a real labelling like, and I think I'm not, I'm not even trying to just yeah. jump the whole black card but I feel there's a real labelling amongst yeah. ethnic minorities yeah, as well. Yeah, it's really difficult and Imani is so bright. Like now, especially that I've been homeschooling her for a while, since January we've been on this journey, like she she is so so bright and we haven't even been going rigorous it's just been like okay you know how to do that now okay we're gonna move on like oh you know how to count to 20 okay we're gonna start to do some addition oh you you know how to you know say all your phonic sounds lowercase letters okay let's learn about capitals it's like very natural it's like okay when you're ready and she's so enthusiastic she loves to learn sometimes on a sunday she'll be like mommy learning i'm like listen it's a day of rest let Mm. mommy just chill but she's so enthusiastic to learn and she's like you know She's actually on academically with her peers. She's actually on par with her peers now. Wow. And, and this is something that she learned from three and a half. Like this is wow. not, this is something that came like. So have you got a curriculum or something that you follow? Or? So at the moment, I don't have a curriculum. Mm. I'm, I've bought the curriculums that we're going to use come September. Mm. She's very gifted in math. So I've actually bought a proper maths curriculum so that I can like push her a little bit mm. because she loves maths. Mm. Um, and then the other curriculums is kind of like, you know, they have units, studies. It's really great. They include, like, the attributes of God, catechisms, and then they have, like, um, things like practical skills, like I can dress myself, I can make my own bed, and then they have, you know, our numbers, science, you mm. know, life cycle of a, f- a flower, and, you know, that number. Really to, yeah, and it's like, you know, they give you suggestions about what activities you can do, and you can choose 
which one best suits your child or you can mm. like it gives you freedom and I think that's what we need for the first year I'm mm. still trying to build up her language and so I'm trying to create as many play opportunities as possible so does that she, does she focus though does she stay f- yeah so that's she, where you're lucky yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. A, and that's the challenge I think I, I do feel for um parents who don't mm. uh, whose kids don't focus but I think also it's like tailoring everything to them so like if your child focuses better outdoors be outdoors as much as possible Mm. and like don't take for granted you know the moments where it seems like they're not focusing and you're inputting things oh Mm. you've got a blue ball or like that's a flower with Mm. pink petals like Mm. don't take that for granted when it looks like they don't hit like they don't hear you they hear you Mm. and they're retaining it and it will and it will come trust me yeah louis is like that as well so Mm -hmm. like I, I did try homeschooling, obviously, during COVID when everything yeah. was all shut down. And, um, yeah, that was... There were certain things that he would love. He would focus on. So the whole Ready, Steady, Go games, all mm. those bucket time style yeah. games. He loves that. He really... And I was trying to do a lot of that just to sort of get his attention and yeah. grab it and stuff. So he loves it. He will bring the bucket. All right, mom, do the bucket. He loves balloons. Oh, my God. You blow <laughs> a balloon. Ready, steady, then let the balloon fly away. Yeah. Um, bubbles. And... um. But yeah, the focus, I think the focus is getting a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hoping, again, it's just the eye contact because that, that sort of, give me eye contact to know that this is a communication, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense, you know. Yeah. But, um, but you have another child younger than Yes, okay. Zuri. So how old is Zuri? Zuri is two. Okay. She, she turned two this So summer. she's still quite young. Yes. So how do you, first, well, you, you the difference, I suppose, is, um, you began to suspect that um, the firstborn had yeah. speech delay whilst you were pregnant yeah, with Zuri. Yeah, yeah. How do you balance the two? Like, how do you sort of um, how do you how do you balance the two? Obviously, does this, is Zuri aware? Zuri is of Imani's speech. of Imani's speech. No, really. no, mm. I don't think they she is because they can communicate now. I think okay. if Imani couldn't say anything, I think yeah. she would be aware. Mm. But they can actually talk. They can hold a conversation, even though Imani does have limited language. Mm. Her language is conversational. That's um, good. So that's really really positive. Um, and. In fact, actually now, um, Zuri's speech is actually surpassed Imani's. Mm, Zuri, yeah. Zuri speaks a lot. She can like pretty much speak in um, like most like quite large sentences, six yeah. word sentences. Mm. Um, and she's yeah, she's two. Mm. And do you know what? Honestly, I thought I thought prior to that, like kind of looking to that point, it was kind of be like, oh man, like it's gonna make mm. me sad about Imani, but it hasn't. It's just like oh, what a relief. Yeah, not to have to deal with that what with a second a child. Relief, like honestly. I know that sounds so. Bad, no, but no, it's no, just it's like, true. It's true. oh, praise God, you know, <laughs> honestly. Um, but one thing I'm realizing as well is like, you know, I have kids, I have friends who have kids whose speech is phenomenal, but they don't listen, the kids don't listen, mm. or like they have to, you know, they have great speech, but you know, they don't, they don't listen, like they don't obey their parents, or like they have to discipline them a lot, mm. or whereas like attention, ADHD, yeah, mm. yeah, 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 or like, and so I'm just realizing, you know what? Even if we didn't have this additional needs, like, and this is something my friend said to me, who's a primary school teacher. He said every kid has additional needs. Mm. He said every child has a need, like, you know. Imani, she she might not speak, but she listens. She, you know, and I don't really have much of a, other problems with her. Mm-hmm. And same with Zuri. Zuri's speech is there, but I have other issues with her that I need to, you know, mm. every child has a need that mm. you need. They need their mum to come alongside, their parents to come alongside them mm-hmm. in. And like, I think that's helped me to like, 
embrace, you know, all that is with Imani. And also like even what you were saying about this the focus with um Louis. Louis, sorry. Yeah, you Louis, know, you call him Louis. Louis. Okay. Um he you know, in some countries they don't even start formal education until the kids are seven. True. And that has really true. helped me to relax. Very, very true. It's, and I think there's something to that because they know that most of the time, provided there are not any real, like real undergirding issues, the kids, by the time they reach seven, every child that develops mm. will have developed and they, stage, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to a particular stage where they can be all taught at the same time, mm. the same thing. And I think it's because it's it's more common than people give credit. Yeah. One in four children in schools has a speech and language difficulty of some mm. kind. And it's like, if it's so vast like that, by the time the child goes into secondary or into primary school, mm. why do you make it seem like there's something wildly wrong when mm. a child has that? Mm. When it's so common, like mm. maybe we can adjust our system because these schools like that, like in places like Zurich, Germany, that, you know, they start formal education at seven even though they start much later than Britain, they're they're outperforming us. Yeah, true. And so, like, what what I was going to say to you in regard to that is, like, don't even worry about, Mm. like, Louis' attention Mm. at the moment. You know, keep building it up and just go at his pace. Yeah. You know, when he's older, like, they're not really ready, like, to learn, learn like Like that. that, Yeah. It's still, they learn a lot through play, Play. through Mm. exploration. Mm. Just meet him where he is and he will grow, Yeah. I think for, um, well, I think, to be honest with you, um, the accepting thing is as well to say I'm I'm trying to I'm trying I'm not trying to accept autism. I'm trying to accept him for who he is mm-hmm. at this stage. That's mm-hmm. and that's the difference because um you don't want to label your child something and then just assume that that's how they're gonna be forever, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm literally trying to go in go in his pace and you know, you, you can you give me more eye contact now. This is amazing, Louis. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you are saying your A, Bs, and Cs. You're recognizing animals. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Just little things like that. But um, I think um, my mum has been amazing. So my mum owns a nursery. She she's been in childcare oh, for wow. many many years. So she does. What so she. So listen. So she's like she's the mum yeah that when I told her about the first nursery he was in, she drove from London and she began. She came with her big a big foul of um offset regulations and stuff <laughs> and she her. was listen, like yo listen this this this, this. oh them, my mom oh my mom was and so every time i like, go to nursery i always mention yeah um grandma may pick him up and yeah she owns the nursery just in case you want to you know <laughs> act stupid or anything like that but um but she's been brilliant as well she's been helping me not just in terms of like the education side of things but just all let from a christian perspective like mm-hmm. god gives us crosses to carry mm-hmm. and he would never give you more than mm-hmm. he would never not he would never give you more than he's willing to help you with mm-hmm. do you understand mm-hmm. um so but for me what has been an issue is um how it, it's it's sort of affecting my daughter because mm-hmm. she looked forward to having a baby brother so he louis was basically born when she was louis age so when she was around when she just turned four okay. and she is so like she's like a little mummy literally anyway she's just very caring generally speaking yeah. but then um obviously i'm 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 so scared of sometimes I can't explain it to you. Part of me, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I, I like to parent, I like to parent things very deliberately, yeah, if that makes any sense, because yeah. my dad died when I was 11, right? Aww. And I know that, I, I think subconsciously, I feel like I need to make you prepare for the real world just in case I'm not there. God forbid, yeah, do you understand? So I've, I've brought her up to be, you know, good good little girl and everything, but also be a very responsible big sister as well, mm-hmm. you know? Probably a bit too much. Sorry. Oh, I, need to take, I need to take deep breaths. Anytime I mention my daughter, it gets me really emotional because um, 
like I'm old, yeah. My my husband's old. We know how to handle this stuff, but she is literally seven, right? So yeah. I've had I've had to bring her up to be like, all right, this is your baby brother. In case I'm not there, like maybe I'm in the living room or maybe I'm in the office, whatever. Make sure you look out for him. Make sure that if you know, um, if he if he looks like he, cause you can tell when he wants to go to the toilet. Make sure you tell mommy and stuff like that. And she is amazing. She's brilliant. There have been times when like there was a time when um. You know, they sleep together because they have their own rooms, but they like to sleep together for some stupid reason. <laughs> um, they were sleeping together and he basically woke up crying. And usually when he cries, you know, I usually hear it. I come by. I must have not heard it sort of thing. But she stopped him from coming to my room to disturb me. And she basically put him because she basically patted him back to bed because he likes him. He goes on the floor and I opened the door the next morning and I'm seeing both of them sleeping on the floor. And she was so tired and she like, oh, mom, I stayed up with him all night because I, I didn't want him to disturb you. And I was like, Beatrice. What kind of daughter is that? I'm like, Beatrice, you should just come to get me or daddy or something. Do you understand? And like, the times I've woken up and like she, she, she would change his nappy. And like, you don't have to do this stuff, you know? That's and it, yeah, it makes me sad. It does make me sad because I feel like I have, um, it's sort of stolen her, stolen her childhood a bit, you know? Oh. And, um, I'm trying not to get emotional thinking about it. So I try and do things to restore her childhood. So I get her involved in ballet, get her involved in drama club, get her involved in tennis, all those sort of different things, just so that she can be a kid. And because she's constantly so concerned, like, because Louis is the kind of kid that would mm. climb up windows and try and come, <laughs> come out the window, he's always exploring things. So I do notice, like, um, early signs of like anxiety from her like where is louis where is louis i'm like babe don't worry i've got you under control part of that is because we have brought her up to watch out for your brother because your brother has needs and it means that we all have to come together as a family and basically bring him up together and part of that is also because obviously because of what i've gone through i i'm always like i'm always preparing my kids for in like a world where I may not be there God forbid God forbid yeah, but no, I, I, I don't like to live in this ignorance of I'm always going to be there I hope to I pray to God that God gives me life and I'm, I live to the age of 80 but um, oh not 80, 80 I want to live to the age of 100 God though not 80 <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah but so I do feel like she's she's responsible but that responsibility has sort of um, knocked her brought her up a few years as well and which yeah. is what happened to me when my dad died i went from being an 11 year old to being a full-grown woman le- mm. legit i was like like i asked anyone like the minute my dad passed away i just felt like all right childhood gone do you know what i mean childhood gone time to look after my my younger siblings and help my mom and so on and so forth so um trying to you know manage the two kids can sometimes be hard because as you said every kid has every kids have needs mm. and I'm very very cautious I'm very I'm very um I'm, I try and as hard as I can to make sure that Louis's needs doesn't weigh on her to cause yeah. her anxiety in the yeah. future because yeah. the amount of trauma that we have gone th- that we go through that we're trying to deal with now as adults because of things that happen to us unintentionally as yeah. children yeah. and I'm so aware of that and yeah. even things like um I put this on my I put this on my Instagram the other day I was like she came to me and she said, Mom, I'm tired of Louis not speaking because every time we do our prayers, her prayer intention is, God, give my brother a voice. Mm. And she said, I'm tired of Louis not speaking. He doesn't appreciate me. He gets away with everything. Obviously, we can't, we can't smack him. Like, you know what I mean? We, we, we can't really discipline him the way we would discipline her sort of stuff. And um, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm tired of him always getting away with everything. He doesn't say thank you or please to me or anything of that kind. And I tried to explain to her, listen, Louis loves you. Like, he plays with, like, they play together quite a bit. Yeah. And Louis loves you. He can't talk to you, but he loves you, blah, blah, blah. 
And then she was just really upset and I dropped her off from school and she was still sort of angry and a bit upset. And she, she's usually the kind of person that goes to school happy. Dropped him off at school. And I was driving back home and I was, and I was like, I don't, I try not to cry anymore because I feel like crying is so pointless at times. But sometimes, no, it's release, sometimes you just need to release those tears, man. And I was like, God, like, I don't even know what, prayer to say that will make sense but god you know what i'm going through yeah. and you know what my family is going through and i thank you for the provision that we've got a nice house we've got the money we can do private health care all that jazz but my kids are hurting i'm sure louis feels very frustrated that he can't speak because he understands yeah. sometimes he says like sometimes he shows me signs that he actually gets what i'm saying to him yeah like sometimes i tell him louis don't do that and he looks at me and says, okay mom like i can tell yeah. he gets it and i and I, i'm like god just please show me a sign show me a sign soon that you've got your hand involved in this. Because sometimes it feels like a lowly journey that you've just been left alone. And all your friends would say, oh, you're super mommy, super mom. Super... Nigga, you don't know what I'm going through. <laughs> like, it is a lowly journey sometimes. And yeah. sometimes it feels like nobody gets it. And 100%. Or like you keep saying the same thing because it's such a continual thing. Yeah, like exactly. The same prayer request, the same, oh, the same like, anguish, after the same. After a while, I'm like, God, like, listen, I've been praying for speech for like two years now. That's like, it. God, yeah. uh-uh, like, what's going on? And, um... Two days later, literally two days later from 24 hours or 48 hours later, um, I went to pick up Louis from nursery because he goes to an amazing school now. His nursery is 10 out of 10. Like oh. a hundred. Like, where are they where I live? Or- oh, they're so amazing. <laughs> like literally everything that, you know, everything that you would need. Like they have, there's like, it's a Senko nursery. So every like a lot of the kids have autism there and stuff yeah. as well. They help you with everything. So anyway, I went to pick him up and then they had this massive hamper of like different gifts that they wanted to give to my daughter because they had noticed that Beatrice is very attentive. Like when we pick him up, she's always asking them, So how was Louis today? This is like, like I'm so done. you know? So they got her this beautiful um hamper of gift and stuff and with a card that they put Louis' um handprint with paint on it and he said, Thank you for being a very a, a good sister. I appreciate you. And this was like the most random thing. And I was like, I just burst into tears, like, you don't even know that two days ago. I was literally having this conversation with my daughter feeling unappreciated and you did this and like obviously they don't believe in God or whatever but some of God will use God will use anybody to just just remind you that you know I'm here I've got you do you understand? And Beatrice was so happy. She said, oh, thank you, Louis. This, this, this. And it was just like, it was so sweet. It was like a nice, like, God, you got me, man. This, man. I don't even need to worry. Yeah, like, God, you really got me. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, but with that said, I would love more kids. I would love, really? I would love more kids, but I ain't going to have any more kids. Really? Only because, number one, um, you don't know if you're going to have another kid that has the same problem. Like, having children is like, it's like, it's literally like a game of um, Russian roulette. You don't really know what you're going to have. Yeah. I could have autism today and tomorrow I have ADHD or whatever. And number two, um, I feel like Beatrice already has enough in her plate yeah. with Louis. And whether I like it or not, this is a cross that she has to bear as well. Mm-hmm. And Louis could get better. Like, Louis could start talking 100 words from next week, for all yeah. I know. And Louis may never speak and may always need extra help for the rest of his life, for all I know. And it's, it's something that we all have to um, take on board. As much as I would like more kids, that risk of adding an, an additional burden on Beatrice, it, it really, really put me off. And um, it does. It really does. It does. It is hard. And um, I don't know. I, I, I suppose I feel guilty. There's a big level of guilt I feel. 
you know, from with, from with my child, with Beatrice as well, and with Louis. And sometimes I feel like I didn't take my vit- I didn't take the vitamin D tablets that I was meant to take oh, when I was pregnant. Jesus, and please. you know, we know that God orchestrates and ordains yeah. every single thing. Yeah, Incl- He fashioned Louis. He fashioned Imani. Yeah, and He gave them. Like I think that really helped me, like to understand that. You know, this isn't something that the Lord is withholding from Imani. Mm. Like he's not withholding speech from her. He's given her this inability. Oh yeah. Wow. You know, he's given her this inability because he's going to be glorified through mm. it. Like the thing you said about Moses is so profound. Like mm. I've never in my life thought of it like that. And mm. it's, it's going to be an anchor for me because yeah. like, you know, I really think I had a dream about Imani like when she was so young. I do about Louis as and well. I'm, I'm holding <laughs> yeah. on to it because Same, there's, yeah. there's things in her character that mm. I'm seeing that's making me think, is this like really going to happen? Mm. I had a dream that we were at an awards show and um, me and my husband were there and we were older. She was grown Mm-mm. and she was receiving uh, an award for humanitarian work that she had done. Wow. And when I tell you this girl is the most compassionate and sensitive and emotionally intuitive person, like I'm even joking, more than some adults, wow. she will watch a thing on like TV and she will weep over so, like bad wow. things that happen. She will cry. She is so protective over her sister. Wow. If her sister goes and tries to explore something she's not meant to, she's like, no, Zuri, no, Zuri. Mm. Zuri, come. And she'll like call me. She'll be like, mommy, mommy, mm. daddy, ouch. And she'll like tell me that daddy's hurt. She's so, like, she's just such an empath. Mm. And mm. it's like, oh my day, you know, you d- these things, like, I think we've been conditioned as well yeah. to like, think that this means it's the end of their world. Yes. Like, oh, they've got an additional need. That's you know, it. Oh, that's it. Okay, mm. they're going to be in my... Like, you don't know. You don't. You really don't. don't know. Mm. And I think that's what you were saying, isn't it? Yeah. It's like not trying to think too far ahead because the yeah. future doesn't belong to it us. It doesn't. It really it's doesn't. It's in the Lord's hands. And, I, it's I, like... and we serve a God that restores time. 100%. And I think that's one of the things I've been telling myself, like, just literally don't, like, my dear, listen, when I thought I had brain tumour, yeah, and I'm there looking at Google and people are saying that I have six months to live and all that sort of BS. I was like, God, you know, I literally don't have any control over my life anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just worrying about everything. I'm worrying about my son. I'm worrying about where money's going to come from. I'm worried about, you know, what is it going to do? And I was like, God, like one of my, one of my really good friends, her name is Grace. She told me like, you know, why are you worried? These are God's kids. Like God has control mm-hmm. over these kids. And literally that just made me realize every minute, every time, every hour, just embrace the now. And you will be surprised that you just close your eyes, open your eyes and 10 years will go by and you'll forget that you went through this period of your time, of your life. 100%. There was a time when me and my husband were homeless. Mm-hmm. There was a time we were homeless and our clothes were in bin bags and we were, we were in front of housing, um, housing office begging them to give us a council flat. And if anyone told me in five years or four years from now, you would have bought a house where you're living in a nice neighborhood of two cars, I'm like, you are lying. Anyway, let me continue to hang on to this testimony. So if I can still <laughs> rent in, in Jesus' name, you can do it for me. Amen. <laughs> I was like, like, God, like, and God, like, literally, God restores time. Because when people look, when people come and see us and stuff, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe, like, people that know us. Mm. You lived in Brixton. Right underneath us, we had a, uh, above us was a crack, was a crack, was a crackhead that sold dope and stuff right oh above our house. Day. Underneath us was a schizophrenic man um, and there was gangsters. They used to have like, they used to hide guns in the post box and everything. There were drive-bys by our roads. 
that's where we lived. And you know, the funny thing is at the time, that was like everything. So it was cool. we were homeless, do you understand? Mm. And we lived in a house where we would smell the weed, come into our door. Mm-hmm. And my, my newborn baby, Beatrice at the time, she would inhale weed, cigarette smoke, but we were still happy. We had a home. Stress. And if God told us, like if anyone told us, babe, seven years from now, you'll be living in Hampshire in a really nice neighborhood in this detached house. I was like, you are lying. Don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't even, guess. don't gas me up. <laughs> and I just hold on to that because I feel like sometimes now, a lot of the time, um, we are so, social media shows us so many things, good things and bad things. Mm-hmm. And we hold on to, um, we think we can control things, but we really can't. Mm-hmm. And just that faith that these kids that God has given to us with their strength and their weaknesses are whole. They are whole. They are complete. They are perfect. That is just the sweetest thing. They are whole. They're not. They're not broken. They're not broken. Yeah. I think it took me years to take that to believe that my daughter isn't broken. And so people like, oh, how's her speech? I'm like, you know, there's days I'm like, I haven't even thought about it in weeks because I'm just in the place now where I'm just enjoying her. Yeah, that's it. I'm just enjoying her. her. And Mm. I'm just like, okay, what's your next step? You can do this. You can answer this question now. Okay, let's work on the next question. It's like that she is complete. She is whole. That Mm. is absolutely perfectly articulated. Mm, Absolutely. Oh, my days. But what what would you say? Have you got any sort of advice like for moms that, because I have a few of my friends that have children, they have different types of needs and stuff. Like from a, from from a, um, from a, because people are scared to label the kids and and people are scared of getting that diagnosis. Yeah. What's your advice to moms like that? Oh, scared to get the diagnosis. Mm. I think, I think sometimes there's more anguish without the diagnosis. Mm. Um, And I think also it's so hard because they only, the experts only see a snippet of your child. Mm. And so I would say take the diagnosis, but hold it loosely Mm. because you don't know, like, you know, someone might say they have a global development delay across the board. And that means that that will go into their adulthood. How do they know? Exactly. Based on what? A couple of assessments that you've had? Mm, Like two hours worth. Yeah. And this is the thing. So like, Mm. I'm like, you know, okay, I hear you, you're expert, you're trained. I will listen to you, some of your advice, but we're going to just, you know, okay, as of right now, this is their struggle. How can I support them for right now? Mm. I think the future is a different thing Mm. and you'll cross the bridge when, as and when you arrive to whatever issue you will encounter then. Mm. But I would say, don't fear the diagnosis. Mm. Hold it loosely. Doctors can be wrong. They are just men. Yeah. They are just men. The experts can be wrong. For real, for real. And from like a emotional standpoint. Oh. Because, girl, me and you, I think we've both gone through that sort of anguish. We've gone, we've passed that now, haven't we? I mean, we have moments, definitely. Yeah, but that that, that deep depression, we're moving from that. It's gone. Yeah. I think... I think uh, it's so hard because it's like, I think the thing that took me through that is having the appropriate support mm. where they didn't emphasize Imani's weaknesses, but emphasized her strengths and mm. helped me to look to her strengths more than her weaknesses. Mm. I think that was a, a massive thing. So like, definitely if you want the details for Joanne Jones, I'll get you in touch with her. Mm. Um, but I think it's important to have a network of people, whether that's people you know personally and you're mm. close to, mm. where you can just be broken over it yeah, with yeah. no judgment. Mm. Um, because it is like a, fi- it comes in waves. Like the grief comes in waves. And even like the resentfulness comes yeah. in waves. Yeah, and like there'll be moments where you feel like, oh, 
feel better about it. Mm. And then like for me, there was a time where it was like after she had made all that progress in lockdown, I went to a park and a, a child screamed out, I don't want to play with her because I don't understand what she's saying. Oh, and I gosh. literally went home and I broke down oh, and I God. cried for days and days. I was broken over oh, that interaction. Man. And it's like, sometimes it comes when you least expect it. Yeah. I think just having that place where you can go and be broken before people, yeah. I have I have that. And I'm so thankful to my friends that never get tired oh. of hearing, you know, me cry about this mm. thing that I'm, you know, I'm still going through. And I think another thing is trust in the Lord, um, mm. trust in God, trust in that God's will, you know, with the good, the bad, is his will is perfect and it's for your eternal good it's for mm. your child's eternal good mm. and it is saturated with his steadfast love for you mm. i think that has been like you know Everything. i've had to i've had to le- i've had to let go of what i want my will for yeah. my daughter's life i yeah. can't be the god of her life oh girl i can't and i had to let her go i had to like mm. give her up to the lord and that mm. is so hard because they're so precious and it's like lord what were you allowed to happen to them mm. oh. but it's like the lord his will is good and perfect and he, and he, and he loves you with perfect perfect yeah. love isn't it? and he loves your kids more than you no, love yeah, your kids like true. you feel like no one can love my kids like me yeah, i'm the yeah. number one advocate no yeah. the lord is the number one advocate mm, and he nice. will protect them when your eyes can't see what they're going through what they're encountering in the school mm. and that's another thing i don't want to make it sound like our oh, homeschool is the answer to all that's what worked for my family we've gone through too much and we had enough mm. but the lord's eyes are with your child wherever they are mm. and he will give you the discernment to make the right decision for your kid yeah and like Trusting in your gut instinct 100%. as well. Mm. That's God-given, man. Them intuitions mm. that mums have. Yeah. That instinct is God-given. I truly believe that. Yeah. I think when you mentioned about having that friends, a network of friends, mm-hmm. I think for me, like the first year, like which was last year, mm-hmm. I, as I said, I, I sort of backed away from a lot of my friends, yeah. especially the ones that have kids that are around the same age. Oh. And purely because I felt, um, to an extent, ashamed. Yeah. Um, I felt as I said, I'm not, I, I'm not ashamed to say it now because it is literally what I felt at the time. Mm. I felt like my kid was broken. I feel like, you yeah. know, <laughs> I need to, I need a refund. <laughs> yeah, like, no. I feel like, I felt like my kid was broken and I didn't, I'm, I'm, I'm never the kind of person to want pity from people. Okay. I hate that pity. I hate, I hate that. And I, in the same way, I don't want pity. I don't, I, I also don't want um people to tell me that I'm r- there's nothing wrong with my kid when I can clearly see that something going oh, wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh no, it's nothing. I'm like, Babes, right, like, right, up, listen, <laughs> I know what I'm going up, through. Okay, so next. I think, exactly. So I feel like I was very, like, worried about being around um, my friends because, yeah. and, I, and I didn't trust myself to keep it together and not burst into tears yeah, and that sort of stuff. But then um, I just, I, I'm so grateful that I have friends and I feel like they knew this. And I feel like they, they knew this, but they kept coming. Yeah. They didn't get tired of me. Yeah. They kept reaching out to me. They kept seeing how I was. They never, they, they, they knew, some, I think, I'm making an assumption, I think they knew not to mention Louis, unless I brought Louis up yeah. because it was a sensitive thing it's at the tense. time. So, so, yeah, yeah. It's like... but um, but it's just like, but then just I don't know. I I can't really put it into words. But basically, I feel like you're what I would say. You have your feelings. You're feeling what you're feeling, and you're entitled to how you're feeling, mm-hmm. and feel your feelings to, to to all their their moments. That's if you need to cry, cry. Right. If you need to be, if you need to scream, scream. I'm lucky, I think you're lucky as well. We have husbands that are hands there on. with us, that are hands-on. Yeah. Despite, like, as I said, one of the things, I've, I've, I've been with my husband um, for this year, we'll make it like 14 years. 
I've Bless known him for, and now I'm so young and I feel like I've been married forever. I, I got married at 21, so. Oh my days, how old are you? I'm 30. What? Yeah. I'm well, older than you. Probably, yeah. I'm shocked. <laughs> no, but this is the thing, because you had your birthday in Dubai and I was yes. like, wait, 30? Yeah, how old do you think I am? Ah, I don't know, I thought maybe 33, 34. No, not ah. because you look it, but because yeah. you've got a big child. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. That had, I, I, listen, I was like, I'm shy away from being a teenage mom. <laughs> Oh, I'm only 31. Oh, it's not that big. I know, but I'm just like, bitches is a whole woman, basically, no, it's a lady. No, no, not even. I had it when I was 21. I got pregnant at 20, 21. I had it when I was 21. I was young. I'm sure. I was just 21 or okay. 22. I had it young anyway, yeah, like just after uni. Yeah, literally oh just after days. uni. Yeah. So, okay, I had my first at 26. Yeah, I see. So By 26, where... I had my second born. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, I visit you. That's, I know because your second board and my first board yeah, are the same age. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I started early, hey, man. Okay, that's a story for another podcast, I'll anyway. <laughs> Listen, Handlick getting pregnant just after nursing school. Mm. Mm. Girl, Go story ahead. for another podcast. <laughs> but it's funny because I feel like um, it all worked out. Like it all worked yeah. out in the end. But um, but yeah, like a lot of my friends, like it's just really good to have friends that you know they get you. Yeah. And even if like I feel like some of them, they did nobody would really understand what you've yeah. gone through. But they're always there to listen. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just say for what I did, like, if you need to feel sad, feel sad. Yeah. If you need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. I've, I've gone through, um, I had postnatal depression with Louis when I just had okay. him. But that was more to do with, like, other issues. Just Actually, I, I don't even know if it related to anything. It was just postnatal depression for the sake of yeah. having postnatal depression and all, like, my own issues I had beforehand. Yeah. So, um, yeah, feel your feelings. But I think one of the main things I would say is don't blame yourself, right? 100%. Don't blame yourself. Like... When I first started this whole thing and I began doing, I started going into Google. It's like, oh, if your child is um, lacks vitamin D, it increases the chances of them having autism. And I remember when he was born, and they told me he had vitamin D deficiency. And I was like, well, ain't that sunlight? Oh, all black kids got sunlight. I was just being stupid. I was like, whatever. But then when the autism thing, I was like, oh my god, I should have given him the supplement. But I was like, you know what? It could also have happened anyway. This is the thing. I think it's so hard because sometimes you want to know why it's yeah. happened, mm. and people are like, you know, know your why. And I'm like, sometimes I literally say it all time sometimes you're just not gonna know why never you yeah. know sometimes i'm like is it imani's diet because i heard that you know your gut health impacts your let me speak about the diet thing ah. let me speak about the diet thing so this is a research i've been doing right mm-hmm. and um there's loads of reviews on this actually it's called the nemechek protocol yeah so i just started it on louis so i can't actually i can't give you like oh it worked for me right so what i got why from all this research i've been researching over the years and whatever what it says apparently your gut health does impact yeah, your, your development. development purely because um a lot of the things we have um is actually cause it actually causes inflammatory reactions yeah. in the brain mm-hmm. so a lot of the things we eat like um like sunflower oil yeah. is, is actually cause inflammatory reactions in the brain yeah. and sometimes things like um antibiotics early in like early in childhood can trigger things so obviously obviously your stomach has all these um probiotics yeah, and stuff bacteria. right good bacteria it but when you get yeah, when you when you take antibiotics it's all the good and bad bacteria mm-hmm. which now leads to inflammatory reactions that now yeah. can cause you're basically part of your brain is inflamed and yeah. we will now represent itself in autism or yeah. some level of yeah. you know delay yeah so this double check protocol um requires you to basically reverse that by taking anti-inflammatories like olive oil instead of okay. sunflower oil um so take take anti-inflammatories like olive oil omega-3 supplements yeah, which yeah. apparently helps with brain development, brain development yeah. and this thing called inulin which basically helps um improve the bacteria the good bacterial growth in your stomach mm-hmm. so uh, my neighbor 
by this again another hand of god my neighbor has two kids i have autism right oh, yeah. so she's been so amazing and giving me all these details and her husband is a doctor as well so okay. it's just weird how god just put me right yeah. next to someone going through the same thing as well and um so all the research and like if you look if you just youtube like nemechuk protocol nem nemechuk n-e-m-e-c-h-o-k something yeah. like that um there's so many people saying my child has speech delay, my child had autism, my child had ADHD, my child had epilepsy, mm-hmm. and doing this over the course of a few months or even a few years, because yeah. it's a long-term thing, yeah. has really, really improved your children yeah. and development. So Because we've been trying mm. to explore that loosely as well with yeah. like the girls. So we've, um, but I don't think it's called our one's the Nemechek. I don't know, I don't think there's actually a name for it, but basically I follow this nutritionist who's yeah. had a couple of people in her clinic um, that have had autism that have yeah. like, basically become symptomless following you know her exploring yeah. issues with their gut um and one of the things they encourage to do first is to cut out dairy so oh, gluten just, free yeah, mm. so we've just cut out dairy and then the next is sugar which i know is going to cause a mad a mad thing in my house yeah for real but um yeah. no i think also it's just it's so hard because like you can just definitely go down a rabbit hole with these oh, things can. and it's really like can. you know you don't want to I think it's so hard. Like at the beginning I was doing everything, checking every box and I wasn't getting the results. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes you need to do things, but remember that, you know, you do things and you trust the Lord with what happens. And that's it, yeah. You you can't dictate and determine the result. For real, 100%. Because you just just weigh yourself out. Yeah, you'll drive yourself crazy. You become burnt out and Mm. you'll just become depressed and like, yeah, yeah, anxious over everything. So in terms of advocacy and advocating for our children uh, yeah. what advice have we got because I, I feel like I'm going to need a lot of that uh, moving to primary school and all that sort of stuff don't advocate homeschool no I'm joking, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, uh, it's so hard because I think I think yeah for me when I was when Imani was in school I was doing everything to make sure that they knew I wasn't one of these random young mums that don't care and they just yeah. want a break from their kid yes. I want to know what she's done I want to know what she ate I want to know who she's playing with mm. I want to know what her favorite thing to do is I want to know what she's improving in I want to like I want to have conversations I don't care if I'm inconveniencing you I don't care if you ain't got time you're gonna make time to mm. talk to me about mm. my daughter's development and I think it's important not to be combative but to kind of form an alliance with their teacher mm, not to be combative yeah. oh girl <laughs> you're you're dropping the seed because you don't do want not, it yeah because yeah, you don't want it to affect like your the way they treat your child yes. try not to be combative try not to be accusatory mm. but just like make it seem like oh i really want to try and implement these things at, at home. home yeah so can you just let me know what's been going on like can we have a, a formal catch-up every couple of weeks yes you know to just kind of like have a regular meeting point with the teacher mm. um i think that's a massive part of advocacy i think also join the governor's board be up in there do the ch- mm, like go to the bake sales do all of mm. that be involved in making like the legislation in the school the parent governors whatever they're called you yeah. be there mm. the parents association be there join the facebook group on the, on be the a representation yeah. basically be mm. in everywhere you can get be there wow be there be there but for me that was exhausting so that's why i've decided to go <laughs> Because I was just like, ah, I don't want to be there today. I'm just fighting people. Mm, it's exhausting. I hear you. But um, I think as well, like... How long are you going to homeschool her for, do you think? Hmm, the million dollar question. <laughs> now, I think one of the main advices that you get about homeschooling is do it on a year by year basis. And mm. that's what I'm doing. For now, I'm homeschooling in money for one year. Okay. And we're going to review it at the end of the Good year mm. and see, you know, when as she comes to the summer, are we going to, yeah, we'll see how we get on, how she progresses. But I reckon it will be more than one year. Okay. 
Um, mm. But she, I think eventually she will go to school. Mm. But by the time she goes to school, she's going to know that she needs to give me a play-by-play of her yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. So that I can really... <laughs> Look at it. You know. Oh, that's amazing. But does she have a, um, an educational care plan in place? Ha. So this is the most recent development of our speech therapy. Mm. We've just been told that unless we get an educational care plan, um, we're going to be discharged because we've we're home, we've chosen to homeschool. Yeah. So like they've basically said all homeschooling families automatically get discharged. They're so like, they, they love is, discharging, you know, which is mm. so bogus. They like, would discharge me too. It's so rubbish. But to be mm. honest, it's kind of like, you know what? What have you done for me anyway? anyway exactly. So it wasn't, I didn't have the vim to fight. Mm. I was just like, you know what? I am going to put forward, I'm going to issue a complaint and mm. I'm going to detail everything that we've enjoyed at their hand. Mm. And I'm going to say, and then on top of that, you're discriminating against families and not giving them the same support that decide to, to home educate, which is really, really poor. Yeah. Especially if they are still taxpayers. Because, exactly. you know, my husband works you know, and he contributes tax. So like, I don't, we should have access to these services, but um, I just think it's really, really disappointing, but it's just like, oh, another disappointment along on a long line. line um, So they were saying to me, get an educational um, care plan, but then it's just kind of like, you know what? They made it sound so easy, but I speak to mums who have been trying to get this and it takes, it can take years to get it. I used to assess it. Remember when I I was working with DWP? I'm telling you, it's so long. And it's not just about getting an educational care plan, it's getting a good educational care plan. Getting one that truly represents your child. Not just, with educational care plan, is you want someone, you want something that's good, that shows the good side, and also something that also highlights the weaknesses clearly as well. Because yeah. if you get a good educational care plan, you can go private on your occupational health and your speech therapy, and the government will pay for it. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. if you have one that doesn't highlight the needs, you won't get anything at all. And it's so bad because I feel like a lot of the people that I've known that have had educational care plans, their needs are more severe than Imani's. Yeah. So like, I didn't want to use a resource that I didn't wholeheartedly believe that she needed. Yes. And take it from somebody that does really, really need it. I hear that. Um, and I so that. that was my hesita- hesitation of getting one. Yeah. But they're telling me, oh, if you don't get one, you're going to be discharged. I said, I, I yeah. guess we're getting You know what? T- take it from someone that used to assess benefits, yeah. right? I would say do it. Mm. Um, not, it doesn't. It, I don't think it makes your child better or worse or anything like that. Okay. But in case she needs anything in the future, as in that when she's sixteen or eighteen, that educational care plan is really going to support her moving forward. Okay. Um, and even things like homeschooling equipment and stuff, you get funded for that. Okay. Do you understand? Like, and plus, as she gets older, even like, because even for me, like stuff like educational care plan, things like disability allowance. Mm-hmm. When when my um his nursery was mentioning, oh, have you applied for disability allowance? I was like, no. Do not call my child disabled. Like mm-hmm. I just didn't like I didn't like the label of it yeah. all and everything. I didn't like I didn't they were telling me to sign up my sign my daughter up for um sign my daughter up as a young carer. I was like, nope, we're not mm-hmm. going. I, I just in all those names, it can be really yeah, like ah, you are. It's, it's very stigmatizing. Like my daughter is yeah. not a carer. I'm I take care of my child. Yeah, yeah, but um yeah. but the way they said it is like listen, at the end of the day, we are all taxpayers, right? And things like speech therapy, as much as you are doing what you're doing, sometimes you may need a break, a respite. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. And if she goes to mainstream school now, that educational care plan is so is going to support you so much. Is it harder to get it later down the line? Yes, absolutely, oh, absolutely. Man. I'm because t- I used to assess people with this. I used to assess teenagers that did not get the kind of need, the care they had because they didn't have an educational care plan when they were younger. So when she goes to that mainstream school, if you have an EACP in place, that school can actually ask Senko for um for 
special needs assistance, um, speech therapy, occupational therapy, whatever it is that she may need moving forward. Maybe she can speak fine right now, but moving forward when it comes to like constructing two sentences together, whatever it may be, that extra help will be so beneficial. Mm. And you don't, if you, if you have it and she doesn't need it, then she doesn't need it. But if she, but if she needs it and then she doesn't have it, that's a big issue. Yeah, I, I, I remember I remember assessing some people this DWP, and I can tell that this this child, like teen, like sixteen year old boy or fifteen year old boy, had severe ADHD. As in, he was literally climbing up walls. He was picking up the fire extinguisher, going to throw it at his mom. He was spitting so bad. So bad, but he was, he was from the gypsy family. Okay. And so the gypsy family, they don't believe, they don't really yeah, do all that stuff. Yeah. I remember asking him, like, why don't you, why doesn't he have like an educational care plan? Because he's been excluded from all his schools. Remember what you were sending to me that yeah. time? Schools will exclude your kids. They'll say you're disruptive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was basically because now she's trying to get one for him at the age of 16. And they're like, oh no, if he really had these issues, he would have had it a lot longer. So it's just really, really hard getting mm-hmm. the kind of funding that you need. I would just say have one in place. Have case. a good one in place. So yeah. it, it was something that clearly highlights your kid's strength and your kid's needs. Okay. So just in case your child needs it in the future, that resource is available for them. Yeah. Do you understand? Okay. Yeah, that yeah, resource no, is available for them. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I'm still trying to get my head around the whole, you know, disability allowance thing because I feel like I don't I don't really think I need. I feel like we can afford to sort things out. But then what yeah. she said to me, my the nursery teachers, I like, get it in place. Where, when you any money you get from disability allowance, put it like a, in a trust fund, like a little yeah, pot for, for your him. kid. Yeah. So when he turns 18 and he's talking and driving his car, like, yo, you know, we went through hell. <laughs> we went through this hell. Is this is point. your money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but oh my God, Roxanne, it would be Roxy, Roxanne, I'm sorry. No, fine, it's fine. My name is Roxanne. It's been, <laughs> it's been amazing talking to you. Yeah, it's been amazing too. reaching out to you. Um, I was really scared to talk about this initially purely because it's such a it's a topic really close yeah, to my heart so, so, but then so, i've realized that so many moms are going through this and like we're lucky to have husbands that are really active my husband my husband like i'm more in love with him now than i was when i got married to him because you. he's like he showed me signs of like this is what i prayed for like 100%. a husband that would he in would the trenches with you as and i would get in so, get into the trenches love with you, you. love you so love much. you lewis <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't listen to my podcast i ban him from listening the, to my podcast i'm forcing him we're talking about our daughter you will listen to him. <laughs> Oh gosh, but um, there's a lot of moms that are going through this as single moms. They're going through this alone. And for you moms, God is your strength. God is your husband. Mm-hmm. God is your dad. God is supporting you. And yeah, reach out to me if I could help. I mean, I just started this whole journey. So if I could help, I'll help with any advice. Reach out to Roxy. Yeah, please. Follow her on Instagram. Cause see all your all your homeschooling stuff. I I, I literally take notes on what you're doing. <laughs> I shake notes, but thank you so much for coming. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Ah, it's amazing. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. And I just know that Amani and Zuri and Beatrice and Louis, they're going to be fine. I'm telling you. And we'll be at their wedding. Oh, we'll be at the wedding. We'll just be laughing like, ah, Roxy, do you remember that time? Remember that time we were crying? As in... Honestly, yeah. but um, God is good, man. Yeah. So, guys, listen, um, tune in again. I don't know when I will be back on my podcast. I used to do it every two weeks, and I started doing it every week. And I thought, you know what, guys, I, I do this podcast when I have the money for studio time because <laughs> studio time is expensive now. <laughs> but I'll be back soon, guys. Please tune in, follow us on Instagram, and so on. Share this to people that you think may need it. Share this to people that you don't, that you think don't even need it because you don't know if they know someone that may need this as well. Show some love, man. We need more love out there and stuff. And stay safe. COVID is still out there. So please wear your mask when you're going out to public places and whatnot. And yeah, God bless and catch up with you really soon. Bye. Bye. I'm so sorry that I hurt you so deep. 